When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. We have a special guest today, someone that I've been following for the last, I don't know, year and a half. Um, I saw his story on John Gordon's Power of Positive Summit, and I was blown away. I've never seen a transformation and just being vulnerable and a heart to transform lives and to serve people. Get ready. We're sitting down today with the legend Damon West, former quarterback at North Texas. He's an author. Can't wait to hear more about the book he wrote with John Gordon called The The Coffee Bean, which I've read. Everyone needs this message now more than ever. But Damon, what's up, man? Hey, Colin, man. First of all, thank you for letting me be on your show today, man, and having some of your time. Your time's the most valuable thing you have, brother. And the fact that you would have me on and share a little bit of me, I'm truly honored to do it. And, and I'm blown away every time I hear someone talk about that John Gordon Power of Positive Summit, man, because that was like the – John was – John literally called me up one day. He said, hey, I got an extra slot left over for someone to do a video. And he said, we're going to do the book together. He said, it might help you get a little name recognition out there. Dude, it was like getting a drink of water from a fire hydrant after that video went out. It was so wild because people were moved by that video. And, and I was just – and John's platform and that video together, it was like fire, Colin. So thank you for getting in touch with yeah. me. I really appreciate it. And I don't want to uh, – I mean, I love John Gordon, but, like, your message can stand alone. You don't need any any headliner. You are the headliner, dude. Like, your story and message is so impactful. Because of time, I want to just honor your time. I want to just let's, – let's, let's tell the audience how it got started. Like, where did this journey start? Talk about growing up in Texas and then having success in, as a college quarterback which I told you I'm a receiver. Can we do some routes together, dog? I Dude, want to get hey, – I, I can still chunk the ball by 60 yards. I don't know if you ever see that well, stuff on I've social media. Hey, follow him on IG. He's, he's running, you know, full-on uh, quarterback drills, full padded, throwing lasers down the right sideline on point back in the end zone. But I would love to run for you a little post-corner high angle, just drop it in the cylinder, and it's going to be a, a big play. Dude, it is the best route. Post-corner is my favorite route, Colin. It's the best because it's the best one. When a perfectly thrown post-corner pass, no one but your guy catches it, and no one can catch him because you're right. leading him. You're leading him away from that the defender. That is I'll, it. I'll, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a little burst inside of the post, turn his hips, go to the high corner, big play. All right, but tell us how this thing got started. Give us kind of the origin story for us. Yeah, so, you know, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, May 18th, 2009 – was a day that shaped my life forever. I mean, it was, I was standing in front of a jury in Dallas County and the jury had just listened to 10, I mean, to six days, six days of overwhelming evidence of my guilt of the crime of engaging in organized criminal activity. I mean, and they heard a story about a guy that, that had it all in life. I mean, I, I grew up in a town called Port Arthur, Texas. My dad was a sports writer. I was a star high school athlete. I got into substance abuse when I was young, but you know, I got a scholarship to play ball at North Texas, got hurt playing college football, and, and I didn't handle that well. I got into more substance abuse, and then I worked in Congress. I worked for a guy running for president, raised money for him all over the country in 04. 
And when he dropped out of the race, I moved back to Dallas to train to be a stockbroker for one of the biggest Wall Street banks in the world, UBS, United Bank of Switzerland. And they heard, they heard about that, that day at UBS in 2004 when I was introduced to meth for the first time and I became a meth addict. Then I was homeless and I started breaking into people's houses to feed my meth addiction. And now I've got a whole burglary crew and we're breaking into people's houses all over the Metroplex. And these burglaries go on for three years, Colin, three years. And on July 30th, 2008, they hear about the SWAT team raid, how I'm sitting in this apartment in Dallas smoking meth with my meth dealer. And I'm telling this guy, Tex, my meth dealer, that I think the end is near. The reason why they know about this part is because Tex testifies against me about the flashbang grenade coming in through the window and blowing up and in our faces and cops swarming in and one of them screaming out, we got him. We got the uptown burglar. And that's what I tell people all the time, the uptown burglar calling. It doesn't matter how many lives it can positively impact today. I can't escape that moniker, the uptown burglar. That's a consequence of my decision. And that jury in Dallas County on May 18th, 2009, after hearing six days of all this overwhelming evidence of my guilt, they went and deliberated for 10 minutes on my sentence call, 10 minutes. I don't know how much law and order you watch or your guest, your, your, your audience watches, but let me tell you something. If a jury's gone for 10 minutes, they smoked you. And when I came back into the courtroom, that judge who hadn't smiled the entire trial, he's grinning from ear to ear. He said, Damon Joseph West, you are hereby sentenced to 65 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. 65 years is a life sentence in Texas. I mean, they, they, they threw me away. And right after the trial was over, the, they brought me in this little room. They gave my parents one last visit. My parents had been there for five days to this trial. And I didn't come from a broken home, Colin. I've got to, my parents are still married, man. They've been married 52 years. And they're walking in and they're seeing their son had all this promise in life. And my dad can't even talk. So my mom does all the talking. When she said, baby, she said, debts in life demand to be paid. And you just got hit with one hell of a bill from the state of Texas. She said, but you did the things they said you did at that trial, Damon. So you have to go and pay that debt to society. She said, but you owe your father and I debt too. And we gave you all the opportunity, love and support to be anything you want to be in life. And, and what we saw in the courtroom is not going to work. You can't repay us that way. She said, so here's the debt you're going to pay to us. When you go to prison, you will not get in one of these white hate groups, one of these Aryan Brotherhood type gangs, because you're scared because you're the minority in there now. She said, it's not going to work. You were never raised to see race and you won't start now. She said, you will not get any tattoos while you're in that prison. And, and I show people my sleeves all the time going, I was in the joint for almost 10 years. I did seven years and three months before I made parole in that maximum security prison for that life sentence. And I mean, there's not a day that goes by those guys don't, don't hit you up, man. Wes, let me put a tattoo on you. And every time I tell them, man, I can't do it, man. My mother, my mom said no. Because my mom told me on May 18, 2009, she said, Damon, no gains, no tattoos. She said, you come back as the man we raised or don't come back at all. And that's, that's a lot of tough love coming from my mom. And, you know, I told her, yeah, you know, I understand this debt I'm going to pay, but I didn't have a clue. Colin. I didn't know. What do I know? I'm a white middle-class guy in America. What do I know about prison, right? So I get back to the pod in Dallas County Jail, and all these guys that have been in prison before are telling me what to expect. And they're telling me, they're all telling me the same thing. Black guys, white guys, Asian guys, Hispanic guys, you have to get into a gang. You can't survive without a gang. Not to the part of prison you're going to, where everybody in the building you live on has life. They call it the life sentence building. But there was this one guy, this older black man named Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson, probably in his 60s, never got his real age. Um, he's what you call a career criminal. He's been in and out of prison all of his life. But he was the most positive guy I ever met. And so one morning, Mr. Jackson came up to me and he said, Wes, I've been watching how you're dealing with these knuckleheads and these dummies. Somebody, you got to get into a gang. 
And he said, don't listen to them. But he, he said, let me tell you what prison's gonna be like. And he's telling me the, the number one thing about prison that you need to know is prison's all about race. He said, race runs the entire institution. And so he's telling me because it's about race, you've got to fight the white gangs if you want your independence. And he said, if you survive that, then you're gonna to have to fight all the black gangs because they're gonna come after you. And the white gangs are gonna send them after you to get you with your own race. And he said, but you know, you don't have to win all those fights, but you do have to fight all those fights. And that's a huge lesson in life and mindset. You're talking about mindset. That's a lesson in life, man. You're not going to win your battles in life, man. Sometimes you're going to lose, but you got to get up and keep going. And that's what Jax is telling me every day. But he saw that I was still, you know, I had this glazed over look in my eyes. He said, let me break it down to you another way. He said, I want you to imagine prison as a pot of boiling water. And he said, anything we put in this pot of boiling water is going to be changed by the heat and the pressure inside that pot. He said, I'm going to put three things in that pot of boiling water and watch how they change. A carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean. So he said, first things first, he said, if I put a carrot in that pot of boiling water we call prison, he said, what happens to the carrot? I said, well, the carrot turns soft. He said, that's right. He said, the carrot goes into prison hard, but the water, the prison, changes the carrot, turns them soft. He said, the carrot got beat, he got robbed, he got raped, he may have gotten killed. He said, you don't want to be the carrot. He said, what about the egg? And I said, well, the egg turns hard, like a, like a hard-boiled egg. He said, that's right. He said, the egg is a shell that protects it physically, but inside, that soft liquid core, his heart becomes hardened. He said, if your heart becomes hardened, you're incapable of giving or receiving love. And he said, if you're incapable of giving and receiving love, you've become institutionalized and you will not come back as someone your parents recognize because your eggshell will have swastikas tattooed all over it. And that's when he asked me, he said, what about the coffee bean? And man, I had no clue, Colin. I didn't know. I mean, I really didn't know at that time about a coffee bean. He said, if I put a coffee bean, into that same pot of boiling water we call prison. He said, now you have to change the name of the water to coffee. Because he said the coffee bean, the smallest of these three things, he said, small like you, West, had the power to change the entire atmosphere inside that pot. He said, everybody in life puts out energy, negative or positive. He said, whatever kind of energy you put out, you attract back, it's called the law of attraction. He said, so if you wanna walk around prison all the time with a mean mug on your face and a scowl, you wanna try to look hard, he said, what you'll actually do is attract that same kind of hard inmate. He said, it can be a very dangerous, even deadly endeavor where you're going. He said, but Wes, if you walk around that prison with a smile on your face and you let those guys know they're not getting to you, no matter what they do, they can't break you. He said, you'll change that prison from the inside out. And he said, the best part about it is the other coffee beans in prison, the other positive inmates will find you because of your energy. And the last thing Mr. Jackson told me, Colin, before I got on that prison bus in August of 2009, go sh be shipped off to serve that life sentence in Texas Max Security Prison. He said, West, go out there and go be a coffee bean. And if he was shooting me straight, Colin, if this guy was telling me the truth, that meant that the power wasn't in the hands of the criminal justice system. It wasn't in the hands of, of the guards or even the other inmates. The power was inside me. And I had to, I had to give someone that power to use it over me. But if, and if the power was inside me to change this entire situation, then maybe, just maybe, I wouldn't just survive prison. Maybe, maybe I would thrive in that prison. Wow, man. A lot there, a lot of good stuff there. So tell me how it works. So you must have been a coffee bean during that seven, nine-year stretch. So how would you able to, 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 to get out? I mean, what, what did they measure? What did they evaluate? So you had the parole process and all that. How did yeah. you get out? Yeah. So Becoming a coffee bean in prison, man, look, it was, it was tough. The first two months of prison is very well documented in my book, The Change Agent, my autobiography. I mean, it was, you know, it was, 
first two weeks was fighting the white gangs. You know, after that, I'm fighting the black gangs. Six weeks into prison, I'm still fighting the black gangs. And I end up on the basketball court on, that, on the rec yard in the life sentence building. I mean, it's the most segregated place I've ever seen. And I go out there and play basketball because no white guys are allowed in the basketball court, but I'm an athlete. And I'm, I'm going to go out there and earn some, if I got to fight these guys, I'm going to earn some respect doing it. it. Took about a week. Finally earned the respect. And, and people started backing off of me. And once the violence was done, Collins, once, once I, could every, you know, I could breathe a little bit and not have to look over my shoulder every day, I got to work on becoming a coffee bean. And, and it, was a, it was a process. You know, it, it, it wasn't something that happened overnight. First thing is I had to change my mindset. I had to quit looking at prison as a punishment and start looking at prison as an opportunity. An opportunity to work on myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week and become the best version of myself possible but from within a dungeon, you know, and if you got to wake up every day, your feet hit the cold concrete floor of a prison cell and you're all, you're saying it out loud. Hey, thanks God for this opportunity. And I'm going to tell you, Colin, the first day, first days I was doing this, I didn't believe it. I'm like, what am I talking about? An opportunity, but it was, it was the greatest opportunity I've ever had because I was able to transform myself in the toughest environment possible and change that pot of boiling water into a pot of coffee. And when I saw parole, November 16th, 2015, I see parole and the lady from parole, you know, this is seven years and three months of prison have gone by. I'm up for parole the first time, Colin. This is my first parole. I don't expect to make it. I mean, I think I'm going to do, I'm going to pull 10 or 15 stretch. I'm going to at least do a dime on this life sentence because that's what everybody with life does. And this lady from parole is looking through my file and she closes it up and she says, Mr. West, we don't see a lot of people come through like you. She said, you had everything going in life, all those privileges in life and all the opportunities and then you became a drug addict and you started making victims out there and committing crimes. And the jury gave you a life sentence for your crimes. And she said, I think you got too much time, by the way. She said, but instead of letting that define you, you came to this prison and you changed yourself inside. She said, you changed the prison around you. She said, I've really got one question for you, Mr. West. So here it is, Colin. The one question is going to decide whether or not I go home. And she says, if you could be remembered for being anything in this life, anything at all, Give it to me in just one word, go. And man, what a question. What an easy question, really, because I was a coffee bean, Colin. And, and becoming a coffee bean means that, you know, first of all, you have positive body language everywhere you go, man. You smile mm. because your smile impacts the room around you and, and everything that's going on. And so, you know, that's the first rule of becoming a coffee bean. The second rule of, becoming a, of being a coffee bean is getting up every day and working out in three areas, spiritually, mentally, physically getting in the best shape of your life. And I still do that to this day. But in that prison, I was doing these things. I was developing these ways of being a coffee bean. And, and I knew the third rule of being a coffee bean was, was the secret to life, which is called servant leadership. And servant leadership is when you're helping other people achieve their goals in life, helping to raise other people up to a different station of life. And, and I also knew about control. I learned about the controlling the controllables, you know, and I learned there's only four things you control in life. And it took me going to prison and being stripped of everything, stripped of the decision to even what to wear, when, what to eat, when to go eat, when to go to the bathroom, when to shower. These decisions are made for me. And it was in prison that I learned there's only four things I control. And I control what I think, what I say, what I feel. And most importantly, everybody's going to see what I do, my actions. And outside of that, I don't control it. And I quit wasting time. At one point in prison, I finally subscribed to this and said, hey, God, you can have all the other stuff. I'll take the stuff between my ears. That's it. Those four things. And once I started wasting, I stopped wasting my time, the most precious thing I have, 
on things I do not control, which you can't control anyway, my life took off in the fast lane. And really, I want, you know, and, and knowing what the last rule of being a coffee bean was is that your past doesn't define you, man. Your past wins don't matter. Your past losses yeah. don't matter. Your past is your lesson. Yeah. And the present today is a gift and the future is your motivation. So I've got all of this knowledge wrapped in my head because it's my way of life. This is my program of recovery that I'm living inside this prison. And I, it's the way I live, man. It's a lifestyle. Man, I had her answer for her and I fired it back at her real quick, right after she was done asking it. And I said, useful, ma'am. The one word is useful. I just want to be useful. And I can be useful in this prison or I can be useful out in that world finding those coffee beans. And she said, we're going to give you one shot, Mr. West. We're going to let you go. But if you come back in handcuffs anywhere between now and the year 2073, we'll keep you this time until 2073. You've got one shot. If you come back, we keep you forever. Do you want to sign? And give me the pen. Let me go. And that was it, Colin. I stepped out of prison on November 16, 2015 to a world that had changed so much in the seven years and three months I was in it. Like phones, man. Phones, phones had buttons when I got arrested. I couldn't even turn my iPhone on when my mom first gave it to me, man. So, but, you know, things happened for me. The door started opening for me and, and a lot of opportunities came my way. But I tell people all the time, look, man, I've had a lot of doors open for me. God's given me a lot of things in life and a lot of opportunities, but, but I bust my butt for those opportunities too, Colin. I'm a hard worker, man. I, like you reached out to me. I reach out to people all the time and say, hey, let me come speak to your school, your team, your organization. I've been doing that, man. There's another good story around that about mindset. It was January of 2017, and I've been out of prison 14 months, and I want to speak to college football teams, but I don't have an access to these college football coaches, any access at all. So a buddy of mine calls me. He said, hey, the Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award is in Houston tonight, and I live 90 miles from Houston in Beaumont. He said, the eight best coaches in college football are going to be there. Do you want to come? I was like, heck, yeah. He said, so – I get to, I drive the 90 miles to Houston after work. I get to the Toyota Center and I hit the ground running. And I'm meeting, I'm telling you, I'm meeting Chris from Wisconsin, Helton from USC, you know, Franklin from Penn State, PJ Fleck is there. And all these coaches that I'm meeting, I'm pressing the flesh and I'm giving them my, the best elevator pitch I can come up with, which is terrible at the time, by the way. Well, time out, can you tell me what that, what's your even approach going in this? What was your mindset? I wanted to just talk to your team. I'm a, I'm a speaker. Like, what, how'd you go in there with the mindset? Because I, I love sales too. Yeah. I, that's my past life. I was a, I'm a former sales trainer. So, like, how do you pitch this, like, you have your opportunity? Yeah, so here's the deal, man. This is, the, this is part of the presentation I give when I'm speaking to corporations and salespeople specifically. Yeah. This is, I don't have a great sales pitch at the time. I'm going in and I'm looking for an opening. These guys are in demand that night. They're, they're shaking hands, meeting a lot of people. And I find my opening and I'm like, hey coach, my name is Damon West. And I played division one college football at the University of North Texas. Played quarterback there back in the nineties. Had a wonderful life. Everything was set up for me. And then I got involved in substance abuse and went to prison. I spent almost a decade in there. I wanna come share that story with your team. I'm giving them 30 seconds of conversation 10 minutes of it really shoved into like 30 seconds to a minute. It's terrible. In fact, one of the coaches said it was like getting a drink of water from a fire hydrant. It was so much. I went, boom, I'm just blowing, I'm yeah. throwing up on them, man. <laughs> you, can't, you can't throw up on people like that, man. They can't even no. follow you. And, and I talk yeah. fast anyway. Yeah. So, man, Colin, man, every one of these coaches, man, they're telling me, no, they're not being rude about it either, man. They're like, hey, you know, don't call us, we'll call you. And, and great to meet you, kid. 
I'm seven to eight coaches down. I'm in the corner of the Toyota Center, and I'm licking my wounds. And I'm feeling sorry for myself at this point, Colin. And I'm telling myself, Damon, go get in your car and go home. That last coach, he's going to tell you no, like all the other coaches did. Because he's the most in-demand coach that night. I haven't even got a chance to talk to him because they, they won the national championship two days before. But then that voice kicked into my head, that competitor, that, that's, that voice that says, hey, man, you want to be a motivational speaker. What kind of motivational speaker quits? And who's going to listen to that guy, right? And you survived prison, Damon. You survived way worse. All that guy do can, is tell you no, man. There's no physical pain involved with this. You're not going anywhere until that coach tells you no, and then you can go home. So, Colin, I watched, man, and, and, and I stalked this person out, and I waited for my opportunity, and I pounced on Dabo Sweeney. Never saw me coming, man. I got Dabo up against the wall, and I'm giving him that terrible elevator pitch. And, and man, after that minute of me speaking is over, he's like, hey, man, you got a card on you? I shoved my card in his face. He grabs it. He says, hey, we'll be in touch. And I'm like, oh, because it feels like a no, man. But the feeling I get at the end of it is okay because I left it all on the field. You know, and that's what we always talk about in sports and sales. You make all the calls, man. You make all, you make every effort you can, and then you go home, you know. So I drove home that night, slept like a baby, forgot all about the whole event. Four months later, I'm at my desk at work at this law firm where I work in Beaumont, and I get an, an email from the director of football operations at Clemson, Mike Dooley. Mike Dooley says, hey, Damon, this is Mike Dooley from Clemson. Uh, Coach Sweeney said he met you at an award show in Houston. He'd love to have you come talk to the team. Do you have August 1st open? Dude, Colin, do I have August 1st open? Man, I got August 1st <laughs> open, dude. Man, I got nothing going on in my life. So August yeah. 1st, 2017, man, I go speak to the defending national champions, Clemson Tigers, man. I'm in this, this beautiful facility they have. And after my presentation's over, Dabo's got me up against the wall. And he's telling me, he said, Damon, that's the most amazing story I've ever heard. He said, I've never seen my team respond like that to a speaker. He said, they, we had to shut Q&A down. We never had to shut Q&A down. He said, have you been to Alabama yet? And I'm like, no, Dabo, I've been to Clemson, dude. I mean, how am I going to go to Alabama? You know? He said, we'll see about that. I just texted Nick Saban from the back of the room, told him what I was watching. And when I landed in Houston, Texas, the next morning from that trip from Clemson, I had a voicemail and a text message from the director of football operations at, Clem at, at University of Alabama. It said, we'll see you in Tuscaloosa in three weeks. You are on. Dabo Sweeney wow. started calling coaches and kicking the door open to college football. Wow. One year later, August of 2018, I've been on the speaking circuit, speaking a lot now. I get a phone call, and the other end of that phone is John Gordon. John Gordon, man. This is the guy. The voice matches up all the video. I follow John Gordon, man. He's, got, he's an energy bus guy. He's sold 4 million books. This guy's all over social media. He's a speaker on a level I aspire to be, and he's calling me. So I ask him, I'm like, if you're really John Gordon, how do you even know who I am? How do you know Damon West? He said, man, Dabo Sweeney. He said, I was just in Dabo's office. He can't quit talking about you in that coffee bean message. He said, Damon, write a book with me. We'll call it the coffee bean. He said, 2018, he said this, Colin. He said, the world needs the coffee bean message, Damon. Right now, the world needs this coffee bean message. Write this book with me. We'll split everything 50-50. Hell, I tried to talk John out of it. I said, you're John Gordon. Go write the book yourself. He said, it doesn't work unless you're writing it with me. He said, we partner up on this deal, 50-50. And we did, Colin. We wrote, the, we wrote the coffee bean. It became an instant bestseller. It's still a bestseller. It sold over 100,000 copies in the first year. I mean, beyond my wildest imagination. But the point of that story is, if I go home that night, January 2017, at that award show, after seven of the eight coaches turned me down, if I listen to that voice that says, go home, Damon, 
if I listened to myself that night, then you have never heard of Damon West and you may have never heard of the coffee bean story. And I tell people all the time, never be afraid to ask a question. Always ask the question, man. You work and you leave it all in the field because you may find your dabble Sweeney someday in life too. That is so powerful, man. I love it. I love it. There's so much good stuff there. Um, I do want to ask one thing. When you got out of prison, what was the first thing that you, that you, that you did? What was like the thing that you were dying to do and that you experienced? And I'm just curious about that. I went to Whataburger. Man, I've been dreaming about Whataburger. Do y'all have Whataburgers <laughs> in Washington State? We don't. We oh don't. My God. Man, think of it as, do you have like in and out West Coast, you're in and out, right? Yeah, not, not in Washington, we don't. Not in Washington? Whataburgers are like great burgers. They have them down here in the South, man. I've been dreaming about a, a number two, a double meat, one of size with cheese. Man, I've been dreaming for seven years, three months, and 18 days about that thing, man. That was the first meal I had when I got out of prison. But you know what, honestly, man, on a real talk level, the first thing I did when I got out of prison is I went and found my home group in AA. Because I'm an addict. Wow. I need a wow. program of recovery, man. And I was, I got into AA when I was in prison. And I always got to give a disclaimer, man. The AA folks go crazy if I don't. I don't speak for AA. I'm not some kind of spokesperson for AA. But AA is the 12-step recovery program that I go to. It's what my whole life is based around. And I went and found a home group here in Beaumont where I live. And it's actually the same home group, the people that brought the meeting into my prison where I was locked up in Beaumont actually went to that home group. And I used to tell those guys when they would come in with that meeting when I was in prison, hey, when I get out of prison one day, I'll find the home group and I'll come to you. I'll, I'll, that's where my home group's going to be. And these guys would laugh, man. Because, like, I mean, they're, they're, in a, they're bringing an AA meeting into a prison, man. They get lied to more than the police do, you know. So these guys would laugh it off. Yeah, sure, we'll see you, Damon. Man, Monday, November 16, 2015, at 7 p.m., I walked into the home group of the Keep It Simple group in Beaumont, Texas. And those, those two guys that brought the meeting to the prison, their eyes got big, their mouths dropped to the floor. They're like, you made it. I'm like, yeah, man, I, I made it. I'm here. And I told you I'd be here. I said, man, and I was real, I mean, just like humble. I said, like, I need a sponsor because I want to keep this, man. I want to be able to keep what I have and I want to build on it. I want to help other people out, but I need a sponsor because without this program recovery, I will lose everything, man. I, Colin, I have failed so much in life and I have failed so extreme in life, man. I'm, you know, I don't do anything at a slow speed whether it's good or bad. So if I'm going to fail, it's going to be magnificent. If I'm going to do great, it's going to be magnificent, you know, but I'm telling them that night, that Monday night, I need a sponsor and I want to work the steps. And that, this is a way of life for me. And, and I started going to my meetings that, that Monday night and I haven't stopped. I'll never stop. You don't graduate from a program recovery. If you're really an addict, man, this is a way of life for you. I tell people all the time, if you're an addict, you have to have a program recovery because without a program recovery, you will fail. You will go back out again. Because here's the thing. A program of recovery gives you tools to live your life by. But what it also does is it helps you clean all the baggage out of your life. You know, your resentments, your fears, your, your anxieties, you, the people you owe apologies to, man, these amends that you have to make along the way. That's the what I think the 12 steps should be taught to every person on the planet in the first grade. This is a way of life. But that's what I did the first day I was out. I say, I love you talking about uh, being intentional about being around other people, being in, in community, being around other people, being in a, in a group, in a small group to hold you accountable, to support, to listen, to have structure, to, you know, you should never go alone, man. Life's hard enough. Get people that, that you can surround yourself with that 
um, are, are on the path. We all struggle. We all have adversities and failures and successes, but get around people. And I like that with that 12 step, it gives you structure. It, it does. gives you a system. Yeah, it, it gives you a system. Like I said, it gives you the tools. But what you're talking about is, is one of the main elements. You're surrounded by people that are just like you, people that suffer from the same disease of addiction that you do, and people that can hold you accountable and are not going to take your BS. Because that's one of the things about addiction is we become deceitful, lying. You know, we become very selfish. We're in our addictions. We can spend some very good lives. I was a great liar when I was in my addiction. I was a very good manipulator, and I still can be. That's a dangerous thing. I could be a manipulator sober too, but I need to be around other people that can call me on that. And it's why I tell people all the time, people are like, you know, well, I'll be good. I've got religion, you know, I, my, my faith in Jesus and all that. Hey, that's great, man. I'm, to, to be honest, I'm a Christian too, but it, the program recovery lets you pick whatever you think God is. It's one of the most beautiful things about it. You know, you can decide what your higher power is, what they call it, is going to be. But I tell people that tell me that, well, I've got Jesus. I'm good. Hey, you know what? That's good. Jesus is great. You need Jesus. But you also need to be around people that are like you. Because if you go into a church anywhere in this country you, and you tell the pastor, the priest, the preacher, hey, man, I've got this problem with drugs. You know what they're going to tell you if they're, not, if they're not familiar with alcoholism and addiction? They're going to tell you to pray about it. I'll tell you something, man. Sometimes you need more than prayer. Sometimes you need to be around other people that are just like you that can call you on it and help you get to that next step. And because whenever you're around people that can call you on it, you're not going to be able to pull those fast ones on anybody anymore. They hold you accountable. Just what you said. That's so powerful. Um, let's just shift gears. man. I'm jealous of you, man. You're showing up to practice throwing lasers at receivers, getting in full on scrimmages. How has that been fun? It's been great. Colin, it's one of the things I do. It's almost like a gimmick, man. I mean, cause it's like, I'm, I'll be 45 next month, but I can still chunk a ball 60 yards with velocity. I was at North Texas. I've been doing this ever since, um, 2017, Coach D'Antonio was the first one to let me get in at Michigan State and throw a route with his team. And it's a, it's a, it went up on Facebook that day and went on social media and took off like wildfire because I hit this receiver streaking on the sideline and I'm, I put this ball on the back shoulder. I mean, if I had 100 more chunks of this throw, I probably couldn't hit that pass again, but I hit it that one time. It was a full team live coverage drill. And ever since then, I try to get into the drills everywhere I go. I was at North Texas a few weeks ago, my old alma mater, man. And I told the head coach, a friend of mine, uh, Seth Luttrell, I said, Seth, man, look, if, it, if you find the time and you can let me in there, I need a new highlight reel. I mean, my, 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 highlight, my highlight reel from Michigan State's three years old. Let me get a chance to get a new one. So I, play, I warmed up the quarterbacks and their drills and teams going on. I'm, I'm getting cold. I'm out there. It's been an hour and a half since I've thrown a ball. And Seth says, hey, Wes, you're in. And it's like going on the rec yard in prison, man. I can't turn it down. I got to go, man. I got to show up. And I get out there in this play, you'll see it. It's, it's on social media. We're at the 50 yard line with the ball snapping. So I'm in shotgun. I'm dropped back to about the 44. And I laser this throw that you're talking about all the way down the side on this receiver streaking. And he dives in the end zone and catches it. I got more calls on that. The GM from the Colts, Chris Ballard, is a friend of mine. Chris Ballard texted me. He said, dude, that was a 58-yard missile. He said, you've got a cannon. I said, yeah, I do. Can I play for the Colts? He said, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's such a gimmick, man. I love that. No, it's good, but, but, it, but you're being authentic. You love to compete, you know, and it's part of – you are so credible as a speaker to, to connect and share your story, but it's really – it's beyond just the sport. It's, it's family. It's we're, we're together. We're competing. We're having fun. 
And as we kind of wrap up here, we got about five minutes left. Uh, I want to transition kind of on this topic of um, how you've had to pivot as a speaker. I've had to pivot as a speaker. We're not being live. And then these athletes are having to pivot. We talked about pre-air, you know, some conferences are not even playing. So, 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 yeah. So, I mean, you can take that question however you want. Yeah, the speaker world has changed a lot. And, you know, John Gordon, uh, we're best friends and he's my mentor and we're partners in a lot of different ventures. But, you know, we talk all the time and we try to, we talk each other off the ledge sometimes because we have our carrot and egg days too, right? So we got to be around like-minded people. But, excuse me, the speaker world's taking a big hit. And here's why. If you didn't have um, a way to establish yourself as a speaker going into 2020, then if you just decide, hey, I want to be a speaker after 2020, you've got a, a very, more of an uphill battle as it is, because you know the speaker world's very competitive, man, just to be able to get yourself in there and get your presentations. But not only that, it's that a lot of people don't have money like they used to to bring in speakers. And a lot of people aren't doing it in person. What, what I've been doing, what I've tried to do during the month of August, when some of the schools started opening back, especially in Texas here, I mean, there's smaller school districts, big school districts canceled on me left and right. I had so many cancellations. I have lost a lot of money in 2020, Colin. I mean, a lot of business that you'll never see again because they canceled the presentations. And now that we're, you know, the economy's moving again, that money is earmarked for other things. now. And so whenever August opened up a little bit, these school districts that would allow me to come live and in person, I went and I started posting pictures of it. And John, after the first school I did, you know, I've got a mask on, I'm, I'm showing the, the social distance, I'm following all the health guidelines, but I'm posting out there that it is possible you can do this. Come on, people, let's go. Let's go out and start living life again. Do it safely. And John's like, hey, man, look, that's the first speaker. And he said, I follow all these speakers. You're the first one in America I've seen posting pictures of live presentations. And I made it a point to keep posting live presentation pictures. And I do it every live presentation I go to because I think it's important for people to see that this can be done. That, that although things have changed and a lot of stuff has gone virtual, and that's a whole different deal, there's nothing better than being in person and being in front of people and being able to feel that energy and people can read your body language. You can read their body language, you know? You're looking out at an audience, and you can even read body language to know when you need to move on from one story to the next, man. If you, but that kind of stuff has changed in 2020. Do I think it'll go back? I think some of it will go back, but I think a lot of these schools, you know, where are these schools going to get money for speakers now if they didn't have a football season to fall? All that TV money doesn't come in. That's where the speaker money comes from, the budgets come from. And that's a shame because a lot of these athletes that have these speakers come in, they learn life lessons because they're not, we're not just there to have these guys play sports, these men and women play sport. We're there to teach them how to be better, better humans, better, better husbands, better wives one day, better mothers, better fathers, better servant leaders. And it comes from the speaker. I love it. That's true. Well, uh, I'm just want to say, I'm so thankful for you, Damon. I'm so thankful for your heart, for your message, being vulnerable and the, the tools, the strategies. And the challenge I have for everyone is go on Amazon and get the change agent Get the coffee bean. This should be mandatory curriculum for every single family in America, no matter if you play sports or not. But, uh, hey, the best is ahead, man. So excited for you. Maybe let us know where, where we, can, we can find you. Yeah, look, man, if you want to get in touch with me to, to come speak at your school, your team, your organization, Damon at DamonWest.org. My books are available anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. My website is DamonWest.org, Twitter and Instagram. 
at Damon West seven. And if you're looking for someone to follow that's positive, come on, follow me. I won't ever post anything. Uh, look, I mean, Colin, my thing is this, you know, do you know who John, what John Maxwell's politics are? Tony Robbins, do you know what their politics? No, because you shouldn't know. So there's nothing political that I'm ever going to post. There's nothing incendiary that I'm going to post. I'm going to post real positive stuff. Some of it may be raw sometimes, but it's coming from a place of, of learning, a place of growth. And growth takes place, as you know, Colin, outside your comfort zone. And so thank you for letting me, you know, be useful today, letting me grow on your show. This is it's wonderful. What I'd like to do is come back in maybe six months to a year or so and have this conversation again to see where we are then. That's it. So we like to say, we actually did a, a podcast episode uh, maybe a year ago. We said, hashtag be the bean, be the coffee bean. Really? So, yeah, we did. I listened to your, your stuff. That's I, so I, cool, Like man. a year ago, I did, we did a, a show on your story. Um, but it's so fun to, to bring it to life. So, uh, hey, man, I, I care about you. I got your back, brothers. So somehow we're going to get this, this route tree. You know, let's start from hitch, slant, out, stop, dig, post you know, vertical, let's just get them all in. But uh, all, all the best, dude. I love it. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Look, and I'm serious, man. What, 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 you've got my information. Let's get back in touch six months to a year. They're making the change agent into a movie. We've been in talks with it, with Lionsgate Films going to do it. They're going to like an eight to 10 episode Netflix limited series type deal. Everything is on hold because of coronavirus right now. But when it kicks back up, let's come on back in and talk about the movie, man, the movie version. Yeah, and, and I'm going to finagle a way to be an extra somehow. But anyway, hey, hey, we end every show with this, man. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless.